You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? This is the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, on a very special episode here as we have officially eclipsed the one-year mark of our show. Now, that is no easy feat. I promise you that. And hey, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but I want to let you know how grateful I am for you rocking with us up until this point and beyond it. If you are new to the show, I am grateful you chose this episode to tune into because this episode right here is a freaking amazing one to say the least because we are accompanied by yet another amazing game-changing world-changing individual to say the least about him and we're going to reveal who this is in just a little bit but to that point I really can't even believe we made it to one year and I'm not saying that I had any doubts of making it this far but to think that I started a podcast to just start a podcast with no real goal in mind and to think one freaking year 95 plus episodes in this actually might be the 95th so we have 100 coming up really soon but to that point I literally can't even believe this and to bring you today's guest multi New York Times best-selling author entrepreneur and investor Dean Graciosi it is absolutely incredible now Dean he has started or has been involved in 13 plus companies that have resulted in over 1 billion dollars in revenue I will say that again because that needs to be repeated. Dean and the individual you're going to be learning from today has started or has been involved in 13 plus companies that have resulted in over $1 billion in revenue. That is why I am so grateful for Decoding Success because it allows us the opportunity to host amazing individuals just like Dean here and amplify his message to all of you that are tuned in. That is what is powerful about this show because for over 20 years, Dean has been dedicated to delivering self-education to those seeking transformation and success outside the normal path of traditional education, and he is doing that right here. Podcasts are not traditional. They are new school, and you can get your self-education from Dean here today. Recently, Dean and Tony Robbins launched the Knowledge Business Blueprint with the goal of making self-education viable for millions of individuals, and they have done just that. It began with the largest online training in history with over 200,000 people live and has since become of movement. But you want to know what? That's not all Dean is up to. Dean has just released a brand new book, and that is exactly what we're here to talk about today. Dean is letting you know not only the insights, the experiences, the knowledge, the wisdom, and all of that good stuff that Dean has learned over the course of his amazing life, but also One amazing thing about being an underdog is that you can change that mentality of kind of seeing yourself as the underdog and actually finding it to be an advantage. We're going to dive into that in just a little bit. Before I do that, I want to ask something of you as we approach year end, as we approach, you know, the end of 2019 with only, I don't know, maybe 20 plus days left, I'm going to ask you to help us reach our goal and leave us a rating and review. I am not asking for five stars. I don't care if you give me one. I just want your genuine and honest feedback on this show so that as we go into season two, as we continue to progress and grow as a community here, I want to make sure we're taking into consideration everyone's thoughts on this show. Who do you want to see on the show? All of that good stuff. You could reach out to me on social, but I'm asking you here 
to leave a rating and review, especially if you are tuned in from iTunes, Apple products, etc. That would mean the absolute world to us as we have already surpassed 130 plus or whatever it is at this point. We want more. We want to hear from you because our show and our community keeps growing, but we want to see your feedback on this show. So that would mean the absolute world to us. And now you've heard me yap. You've heard me talk. You've heard me introduce Dean. So without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Dean Graciosi. Dean, first and foremost, man, really excited to have you here and really grateful for you taking the time out of your day to add value to our community. So thank you for joining us. Well, let's do it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good to be here. So, Dean, first question for you straight off the bat. This is always how we kick off the show. I have to ask you, how do you personally define success? Oh, great question. Um, for me, that would be different at different eras of my life, right? Um, I thought success in my 20s was just not, you know, not worrying about money, being stressed, being financially independent would have been the absolute number one thing. 30s different, 40s different. To me, at this phase of my life right now, I have an 11 and a 13-year-old. And I'm recently married. I'm having another baby. So success to me right now is all about choices. When it's my kids, uh, my kids are with me half the time. When I go to pick up my kids every time they're with me at three o'clock, I'm waiting outside the school. Nothing can interfere with that. Like, I don't care if I'm closing a half a billion dollar deal. I'm going to be picking my kids up when they come out at three o'clock. I go to baseball games, softball games. So that, what I realized is I got money out of the way, which I'll share with everybody, anything you want to know about that. But now that money's out of the way, I work on me being a better version of me. And that's being a good dad and a good husband. And uh, success allows me to do that. I love that. Now, it's, it's actually really beautiful. So I appreciate you sharing that. And congratulations on the baby on the way. I think that is absolutely amazing. I'm like, I'm like a kid at a kid. I'm like a kid for Christmas. I'm so happy. That is amazing. Listen, I haven't brought life into the world yet, but I, I will someday. And I can only imagine how beautiful that is, you know, so I definitely wanted that to, to be said for sure. But Dean, you, you know, you, you piqued some curiosity uh, by, uh, you know, elaborating on your definition of success. So I have to ask you, do you feel that money is the baseline for someone to be able to transition into things of impact and being able to, you know, build family and things of that nature? You know, I think we have this crazy relationship with money. And I just want to say, Matt, um, I appreciate all you do, man. I appreciate out there pounding the world needs more exposure to great ideas, to strategies. So, cause learning through your own trial and error is the toughest thing. And what you're doing, Matt, you're giving back to the world. That's amazing. So I just want to say it's an honor to be here with you too, man. And for everybody listening, you're somebody else gaining capabilities so we go faster. So we're kindred spirits. I get it. And the last thing I want to say is if you don't know who I am, that's great. Maybe you have some recollection of who I am, but here's what to know. No matter where you are right now, if you're driving in your car, at the gym, walking, just listening at home, no matter where you are, struggling, wanting to go to the next level, just started your business, trying to get it off the ground, got momentum, you just want to go to a higher level. I've been everywhere. I've been in every situation. I've been broker than broke. I've been stressed with anxiety, worried about money. I've been evicted from a trailer with my mom when we were kids. And I've also done hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars with my brands and my companies and started over 13 successful companies and failed and succeeded in between. So I just want to share that to know that I'm not just talking from a place of, oh, it's so great up here. You should see what it's like to be rich. Like, I've struggled to get here and I never want to forget that. And I hope you'll see that lens today as I share. Um, so back to your question about money. I think we have this odd relationship with money. It's like, we don't really think we should want a lot of it. And, um, 
and sometimes we even feel bad about going after it while simultaneously it causes lack of money, causes more anxiety, causes more divorces, causes more people to go on antidepressant medication than anything in the world. So it's like we hate it, but we need it. So I, I just created a different um, relationship with money. It's like money solves problems. If you could cut a check for a problem, that problem no longer exists. If you can't pay off your school loans, you can't pay off an old bill, you or your family struggling, you want to work on your inner self, you want to have more time with your family, checks do solve those problems. And the cool part is if we put the hustle in and gain the capabilities and we take the challenge and we overcome that inner villain, that inner voice that tells us we should play small, if we do all those things and we have the opportunity to grow financially, then you do get the time to look within yourself and say, okay, money's not so much of a stress anymore because what happens, I believe Matt, and I know it's a long answer to a short question, but it's like, it's like money's like oxygen. You don't think about oxygen when it's abundant. You're sitting in a room right now, Matt, talking to me. Neither one of us thought about, wow, I'm so glad there's so much oxygen in this room. It's just abundant. You breathe it. You don't think about it. It's not on your daily to-do list. You don't write down, I need more oxygen. It's there. But if someone held your throat or suck the oxygen out of the room you're in, that's all you'd think about. And unfortunately, money can do that to us. When you have a lack of money, somebody's holding it from flowing to you, or you're not allowing it to flow to you, it occupies your time and doesn't allow you to find that next level. So I think it's extremely important to work on you, to find a way to create abundance so you can take that worry of money off the table, you can help the people you love, you can give it all away to charity if you want. But I do believe money absolutely solves problems. Now, it doesn't make you a better version of yourself. You got to do that. But it definitely solves problems. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I definitely appreciate you elaborating on, you know, your response in that way, because, you know, it, it definitely opens doors that we're not always thinking about. So you got money out of the way. Now I have to ask you, you, you know, you define success as making the right choices. What gives you the ability or what has given you the ability to be able to make those right choices? Is it as simple as the experiences, you know, you've had in your life? Or is it understanding your core values from a personal sense and experience sense? I'm curious. You know, um, there's a lot of answers that come to my mind. Great question, by the way. Um, but I think, I think some of it is, not some of it, a big majority is, is, is really trying to identify like your beacon of light. Like, where is it that you really want to be? And I like what you said about values. Like, where do you want to be? And not where do you want to be only. It's who do you want to be? That was a question my dear friend Tony Robbins asked me 10 years ago. Um, or no, he asked me about four years ago. I just turned 50 this year. And he's like, where do you want to be in your 50s? And I went to tell him, he goes, no, 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 not where you want to be. Who do you want to be in your 50s? He said, I wish I would have thought through that at a younger age because I kept thinking, I'd like to be here with my business. I'd like to be here with my income. I'd like to be here with my relationships. But he said, when you figure out who you want to be, those things follow a lot easier. And I've thought through a lot of that in the last four years. And I, I've redesigned my life a lot in four years thinking, no, that doesn't align with me. Who do I want to become? And then if you figure out who you want to become and that's your beacon of light, you want different values, alter your values, go deeper on the values you already have. Then designing what do you want to do when you become, when you are that person you want to be, right? And for me, I'm always, I guess if I'm using a beacon of light as like your goals or your next level 
version of you or your full potential you or your compelling future, whatever terminology you like to use, that's, that's the beacon of light. And I think what I've always done is find ways to move that beacon of light out further in front of me. So for example, I, I always wanted to just get money out of the way. I retired both my parents in my 20s. I, I, we just passed 6 million meals that we provided to Feeding America. We're building two schools in Africa. My family doesn't have to worry about money. So how the hell do I get up every morning stay, and stay driven is I'm always working on what that, how to move that beacon of light further out that I want to go after. And at this phase of my life, it's about impact. I, I know I've discovered capabilities. My last book, Millionaire Success Habits, one of the best-selling books of the last couple of years. My new book coming out, The Underdog Advantage. Like at my training program with Tony Robbins, the KBB course, all the things I do, it's like, I was lucky enough to figure out some really cool stuff and I wish someone would have given me or I had access to that at an earlier age. So now my beacon of light, because I'm not so worried about money anymore, not that I don't want to make it or be successful or be secure. It could all go away tomorrow. I get that. But my beacon of light right now that gets me out of bed at 445, 5 a.m. every day and people are like, how are you so motivated? You don't need the money. It's got nothing to do with the money anymore. When it comes to success, I want to always be able to make choices. I have to be successful enough to do what I want, when I want to do it in, in regards to being a dad and being a husband. That drives me every day. Secondly, I need to impact as many lives as humanly possible for, before I leave this earth. I want to get my books, my information, my tools in their hands because I wish someone did it for me. And that lights me up. We get you know hundreds and hundreds of DMs a day. We get 10,000 emails a week of people saying, thank you. I didn't know this. I didn't think this way. That's all I need to fire me up. Now, if you're listening and you're in your 20s and you just want to make the rent payment next week, you're like, that's great, Dean. You're 50 and you want to make impact. So great for you. You're all happy. But what I'm saying is no matter where you are, feel the pain of inaction of staying where you are, of being, of, of accepting the status quo, accepting not tapping into your full potential, or design your next level that's that beacon of light that's only like three feet out in front of you. And then when you get to the beacon of light, push it out three more feet. And when you get to that beacon of light, figure out what's next and you keep pushing it. Don't go after my goals. I hope everybody listening, I'm sure Matt, you're the same way. We all want to impact other people's lives. But maybe right now it's not impact. In my 20s, I didn't give a shit about impact. I'm just being honest. I wanted to not be broke. I wanted to not be desperate. I didn't want to be my parents. My parents worked their asses off and struggled. They didn't have anything. So in my 20s, I was running away from painful childhood and not wanting to be my parents. In my 30s, I started realizing, wow, I could do business and hire people and I could help other people while I make money. My 40s became an obsession of impacting lives. My 50s, oh my God, that's my next level. So I hope that long answer helped them just... The, 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 the pain of staying where you are, you think it hurts now, what if you look in five years from now and you're in the same exact spot with the same dreams, telling yourself that same story that's holding you back? That's painful. And I use that pain, whatever it takes to get the ship off the, you know, get the rocket off the launching pad, have it move you. And then always move in that beacon of light, that compelling future further out in front of you. Yeah, listen, Dean, that was a perfect answer. And you know, you, you spurred a whole bunch of more questions in my mind. I have to ask this one because oftentimes I, I see it very, very often, whether I'm speaking or whether it's someone hitting me up after one of these podcast episodes, you know, you talked about pain. Now, oftentimes when people are in a painful situation, whether they talk about it openly or, or they keep it to themselves, they can fall into that victim um, mentality where, you know, 
it's just like this huge disadvantage over them and they're just like soaking it all in instead of, you know, kind of trying to find a way to get out of it. So what do you suggest someone that might be in that position? What would you suggest them to do to kind of get out of that victim mentality, understand that they're in a painful situation, but they can change it? Yeah. See, what happens is sometimes we wire our brains to think that way. And I, I have dear friends that think that way. And all I know is I've never, and I want everybody to listen to this right now, whether you're driving in your car or sitting at home or you're at the gym, stop for a moment and really listen to this. I am 50. I've been on this earth a little longer than a lot of people, not as long as many others. But I've been obsessively working as an entrepreneur since I was 17. I have 33 years of being an entrepreneur. I've never, ever once met somebody successful, abundant, or happy that had a victim mindset. Just being completely honest right now, that victim mindset will allow your subconscious to have an excuse to say, we didn't make it because I'm an underdog. My parents didn't support me. My wife didn't have my back. My boss keeps his thumb on my head and there's no time. Your subconscious will find a way to make it okay. It's someone else's fault. And you're going to look back at a hundred years old, at a hundred years old, and look back at your life and say, what the hell did I do? I mean, think about this. Think about, we meet our maker. We live to a hundred and meet our maker and your maker sits down with you. I said, I gave you, I put you on this earth. I made you a human. I gave you all these gifts. I gave you limitless opportunities. So what'd you do? Well, I would have started my own business, but you see how mean my dad was. You see that my wife didn't support me. You see that my husband didn't have my back. Could you imagine your maker just putting his head, his head, his head in his hands going, oh my God, you wasted it. It's gone. I gave you limitless possibilities. Those, those obstacles were designed to make you stronger. That wasn't supposed to be something that made you a victim. It made you vigilant. It made you overcome those. They were there for you. If you look through that lens, then you have to find the time. We only have an hour here today or less than an hour. You have to find the tools in books and other people. Find a mentor. Follow me on Instagram. Keep listening to, to Matt's podcast. Find a way to say, holy crap, what if all this shit storm I've been going through was actually my path to become stronger, become a better version of me, to have the tenacity to keep going. Listen, we all have to pay success tax, all of us. None of us got an easy ride. But I'll tell you right now, the other side of that, the success on the other side is worth it 1,000 times over. I plan on squeezing the juice out of life every single day. And I hope when I take my last breath at 100, I I hope I could say, hey, I gave it my all. I don't know what I did. I hope I made an impact. I hope I left a legacy for my kids, but I gave it all. And I think that's what we're all going to hope for at the end. Yeah. Listen, Dean, you, you've very much so already been creating a legacy and you know, Honestly, I just want to say thank you again for joining us because I've been following you for quite some time, reading the books and you're an inspiration and just, you know, hearing this from you, this is mentorship to me as well. So I definitely appreciate it. And it brings me to ask, you know, you you know, you mentioned your disadvantages earlier, you know, you were kind of going through them rather quickly. And I know personally, me and you have something in common. Our parents were both divorced. I know that you moved like 20 times or something of that nature in your childhood. You had financial struggles, things of that nature. And you brought up the underdog advantage of your new book. So I definitely want to touch on that. What is your advice for someone that has these under, you know, disadvantages? They, they're considered the quote unquote underdog. How can they channel that into something positive? Yeah, really great. That's why I wrote the book. I've been wanting to write this book for about five years. I'm so excited it 
it comes out here soon. Um, it's called the underdog advantage because let's just face it. We all feel like an underdog at some point of our life or sometimes our whole life. Right. And it's not that we just feel it. I'm not going, Oh, you feel it. We are underdogs. Matt sounds like you were an underdog. I didn't, I didn't have anything handed to me on a silver spoon. I had dyslexia. I, I almost quit school in 11th grade cause I couldn't read. I, every time I'd write, I couldn't figure out how to, there was no spell check in 1985 when I was in 11th grade. Right. And I couldn't figure it out. So why does someone have so many disadvantages? I should say, how can someone with so many disadvantages, uh, not just me, but so many successful people, most all successful people have all these disadvantages being an underdog and how can they do such amazing things? And everybody else is like, I could, if this wasn't the case. Right. And that just intrigued me forever, especially the last five years. And I, and I really geeked out on understanding one thing that I know to be true. You were given your disadvantages. You are an underdog on purpose because those things you think are your crutch are actually your rocket fuel if you know how to convert it. I was just talking to somebody recently. I said, it's like picture, uh, uh, you know, like a Native American before they ever saw anything. Like picture a Native American when they were going to cut down a tree, right? And in their toolbox is this weird shiny, heavy thing with a muffler sticking out of it and their teeth and it looks weird and they have an ax, right? The, the cutting down a tree, it's a major disadvantage to cut down a tree with an ax, but they wouldn't know what a chainsaw was, right? It's like, I feel the same way. Like we all have this toolbox filled with what we think is disadvantages when they're actually chainsaws when it comes down to cutting a, cutting a tree down. And there's certain people who put the ax down and go, I'm going to try this thing to actually propel me. It doesn't look like an anchor. They start it and they cut down a hundred more trees an hour than they would with an ax. And if you think of that silly analogy, I, I'm just, I do those because they anchor in my brain that way. How many of you are listening right now that your toolbox is filled with all you need to be successful, but you actually think it's your disadvantages. And I, I got my book in front of me. I want to, I want to read you the chapter heads and, and maybe if any of these spark um, uh, a thought, Matt, let me know. But chapter one is underdogs have nothing to lose. Underdogs can use the power of you can't. How many times in your life, Matt, have people told you, uh, you're going to try a podcast? You know how many are out there? You can't do that. Are you going to try to be in the education space, help other? Have you, are you really successful enough, Matt, to do that? Like, how many times have you had people say you can't? A lot of the world allows that to be their anchor. But why do a select few say, screw you, thank you for that. You told me I can't, now I will. And I wanted to give people a process on how to flip that around, how to take that disadvantage and make it rocket fuel. Chapter three is underdog, uh, underdogs act fast and improve quickly. Underdogs are relentlessly resourceful. So Matt, you said someday you want to have kids, right? I hope you do. And I didn't have my first, I had my daughter when I was 38, my son at 40, and now I'm having another son at 50. So you got plenty of time. Um, but let me just ask you something. You had a son and you're raising him and you could give him one of two things. You could give your son a million bucks, cash, resources, to go out and start a business and do his own thing. Would you, that's A, would you rather give your son a million bucks, resources, or B, would you love your son to get no money from you, but be relentlessly resourceful? Would you rather your son have resources or resourcefulness? Oh, resourcefulness, of course. But that's not what most of the world thinks. Most of the world thinks, you might be listening right now saying, if my cousins would lend me the money, if my parents were behind me, if I was born with money, if somebody gave me a million bucks, I could make it a hundred million. No, you can't. 
if you're not resourceful, if you don't know how to make things happen, if you don't know how to take your disadvantages and make it your advantages, the reason underdogs win, and this next chapter is underdogs, nobody ever sees you coming. You know why underdogs win and no one sees them coming? Because they also don't care what other people think. They had so many people tell them they know, they turned it into fuel. They have to be resourceful because they're, they're not privileged. They don't have money. They don't have people support them. Their family thinks they're nuts. So they got to maneuver. One of the chapters is underdogs turn desperation into persuasion. How many underdogs have to sell themselves? They have to sell their idea. They have to sell people who watch them because they got no other choice. They didn't go out and raise a $10 million or $100 million fund. They got $4 in the bank. But you know what? That is your design. What if God or the universe, whatever you believe in, puts you as an underdog, and if you're sitting with him at 100 years old, he's going to go, oh my God, don't you see? Your toolbox was full of chainsaws, and you thought they were heavy anchors. You just didn't unlock them. And what I want to do in this book is just give someone the model to go, oh, oh wait a minute. Holy shit, I, I got this tool that I could use and be empowered and then give you a path to actually use it. Yeah, that's huge. Now, uh, you know, those chapters sound phenomenal first and foremost, and I have a copy of the book. I think it's great. I was able to get through most of it and I'm excited to get through the rest of it. But I'm curious, you mentioned it took you or you've wanted to put this out for five years. So why now? Like why on your journey at this moment, Dean, did you say, all right, now is the time to get this out there? Oh, uh, really good question. I, I, think, I think things happen for a reason. So Millionaire Success Habits, um, I couldn't wait to write that. And, and if you ever read that book, you know it should be just life success habits. But I wanted people to realize they could have abundance with it. And what I realized is we're in, a, we're in an age, especially with access to, you know, anybody could put an ad on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're in this like um, phase, at least I believe, I've been in this space for a long time, been in the self-education business for over 20 years, is I truly believe we're in this place where everybody's marketing the tactics you know, make money on Shopify, make money on Instagram, make money on Facebook, make money selling your own thing, widgets, whatever it is. And I think people are feeling that others are getting success by just having the tactic, the overnight magical money machine. And people are online trying all these different things. And what I realized is you could give somebody a business on how to sell $20 bills for 10 bucks. And without the right habits, Matt, you know this already, they'd screw it up. They'd say, ah, it doesn't work where I live, or nobody's going to believe it to be true, or how many 20 Like, it's foundationally impossible to be sustainably successful without the right habits. So I knew it was time to write a habits book. And a lot of my friends have to tell you, like, oh, don't put the word habit in a book. Nobody wants to change their habits. I'm like, yes, but they want to change their life. I'm going to convince them they need new habits. So that's why I went in all in on millionaire success habits. And I feel blessed. It's heading towards a million copies. One of the best selling books the last couple of years. Still, I was in Amazon last week. It's still on the bestseller list uh, three years later. But now if I go upstream even more, there's so many people who listen and don't even know that they like, they don't even feel they should change their habits to get to the tactics because they feel like they're such an underdog. And I just felt like it was time to go upstream one more time. And, and my books, if you've read any of my books, and, and, and I think you have, Matt, is I'm obsessed with anchoring in a foundation that can make people in, insanely and impossibly destructive. Like, like build a foundation for success that nothing can penetrate. Because I realized in this all these years of being in spaces, you can give somebody the tactics, the $20 bills for 10 buck business, and they'll screw it up if they don't have the core of success. So that's what I'm obsessed on now. It's like people think they need to get rich overnight or they want to get rich overnight or they want the magic money machine. I want to deliver people what they actually need. So that's, if you want to know how I write my books, 
I write books to give you what you need with 33 years of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I love that. Now, uh, out of curiosity, when was the last time you've felt like an underdog? And the reason I ask this is because, you know, you mentioned, you know, your, your early days, your childhood, we, we understand that part of your life as an underdog, right? You had disadvantages there or, and you've, listen, channeled them into great things. But I don't know, when was the last time you felt like an underdog? Was it at one of your recent masterminds where, you know, you're being challenged by Lewis House, you know, to run up a mountain? Like, I don't know, I'm curious. What do you feel? Dude, really, really great question. And what I teach about in the book is I believe everyone, you know, being blessed to spend time with Richard Branson on his island and and just to have one-on-one time with him and a lot of other great successful people, there's being an underdog, and then once you're successful, it's keeping the underdog energy. Yep. So I try to feel like an underdog on a daily basis because I want people to never see me coming. I want to be underestimated. I mean, right now, Tony and I want to help fix the broken education system. We want to make self-education the new norm. That's biting off a monster. That's like trying to climb Mount Everest. We feel, Tony, the same way. We have a conversation almost every day. It's like, we feel like underdogs, but we're going to do it because we keep that hunger. We're fighting for this like we have nothing. And I think there's this this fine line of using the underdog disadvantages to get the wind behind your sail and then using the mindset of an underdog to make your ship fly even faster. And so I, I put myself in a situation to feel like an underdog a lot. Um, but I still challenge myself and do, you know, live events in front of 18,000 people on a new, on a new uh, product or on a new presentation that I've ever done before. And I'll still be in the back. People don't realize it like sick to my stomach. Like, man, I, am I going to deliver the value? I want to impact these people's lives. And I'll feel a little bit like an underdog, especially if like somebody's on before me and they've been a speaker for 20 years or truth is, you know, who does and steps up my game is Tony. When Tony and I travel and do an event together, man, Tony is just amazing. He's got 20 more years in this space than I do. And when, when I'm the headliner, it's like I rock the crowd. But when I follow Tony, I give credit where credit's due. That guy is a one-in-a-lifetime human being. I love the guy, but he's magical on camera. He's got 20 – or on stage. He's got 20 more years than me. So I'll be sitting backstage like, shit, I got to follow this guy. I'll feel like an underdog, but it makes me step up. Yeah, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that and being vulnerable with us. So that brings me to this next question. You know, to maintain that quote unquote underdog mentality, it's almost like keeping a quote unquote power of broke mentality as, as Damon John says, he has a phenomenal book called the power of broke. And, you know, once you have that financial success or once you kind of get out of that underdog stage to, to keep that mentality is great. But one thing that could stop us from keeping that mentality is our ego. So what would be your advice to edge your ego out as opposed to letting your ego edge out, you know, those types of mentalities? Really good question, Matt. And I, something's coming to mind that a dear friend and partner of mine, Ethan Willis, uh, just an amazing human being. He says it all the time. He said, nothing Nothing impacts lives or makes the change like humble power. And I think of those words, humble power, all the time. He's writing a book called Humble Power. Um, it's like, I just want to stay humble. I lived in a trailer park as a kid. I, I, I'm, none of this I have. All of it could be taken away tomorrow. I, I, I wasn't privileged. I'm not owed any of this. I need to fight for it all the time, but I don't want to brag. I don't want to try to play big shot. I'm not smarter. I make dumb decisions every day, dude. Every day I make dumb decisions. I make parenting decisions that keep me up all night. I make business decisions that were just moronic. 
So I know I'm wrong a lot, a lot of the time. And the more I remind myself that I'm wrong a lot, the more I realize, the more I remind myself that this can all go away, the more I, I want to have humble power. Like I want to impact the world. I want to make a change. I want to make influence. Well, at the same time, I'm no better than anybody else. And when I feel that way, it literally, it changes everything about me. It even changes the way I dress. The last four years, I've I've worn nothing but good life t-shirts and jeans because that's just who I am. And I'm not here to impress anybody anymore. And I have to tell you, when I shifted to that and shifted to a mindset of service, and Tony's a great guy to have as a friend because we talk about it all the time, is if we just shift all of our energy to serving others, the, the byproduct is your business grows. The byproduct, people feel your authenticity. The byproduct is you don't have to tell people you are, they see it. So I think that's the best answer I could give you for that great question. No, it's a phenomenal answer. And it brings me to this. Clearly, this book is jam-packed with you know, amazing value from what you're alluding to here, from what I've read already. So if individuals that read the book can only take away one thing from it, what would you want that one thing to be and why? Be relentlessly resourceful. I know we already hit on that and I don't want to loop back, but if I, if I look at all the things that allowed me to achieve, I just never took no as an answer. I never took when my family told me I was a dreamer. I didn't take no for an answer when I had to use every credit card I had to stay afloat while I was working on my business. When, like, I, I was resourceful as all hell and I got the yeses and I kept moving and if I needed money, I found it. And, and of course, you need the right habits. You need the right vehicle. You need the right tools. You need the right mentor. You need the right self-education. But just be massively resourceful and the last thing I'll say about that too is to stack on top of that is most people are wrong. And what I mean by that is I have parents who love me that told me I was crazy. I had a sister who drove from Virginia to tell me to slow down. I was a dreamer. She's like, enough's enough, Dean. You're trying all this crazy stuff. You're going to ruin your life. My guidance counselor told me I should go work in a factory. My first girlfriend said, stop being a dreamer. You should get a job at my dad's company. Like when I look back, most all of them were wrong. And they didn't see in me what I did. And I'm just telling you, I see in you, if you're listening to this right now, there's more in you that you have more to give the world. And most people giving you advice are giving you bad advice. And I'm sorry to say that could be your parents, could be relatives, but follow your gut, be passionate and uh, take that beacon of light, stick it out a few feet in front of you and just put your head down and go after it. That is an amazing piece of advice and it's, um, you know, brutally the truth and that's exactly what people need to hear. So I appreciate you sharing that. And on the topic of advice, Dean, I have to ask you, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you? Although you just kind of alluded on a few, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but it proved to be true over time? Oh, that's a good one. Proved to be true. Okay. I got one. When I was probably 22 years old. Um, my dad uh, always brought me up that, and told me I was too nice to people. I trusted too much, right? The world isn't so great, Dean. People will take advantage of you. And you know what? I, I tried to be hesitant with people, but it was really hard because I, I, just, I just have a trusting soul. I just do. And it doesn't make me any better than anybody else. I've gotten taken advantage of hugely because of it, but that's just me. So I'm in a car with a guy that I respected a lot. He was one of the wealthiest people in my little town. I didn't have money yet. He was taking me to a meeting in the city, New York City, to pitch an idea I had. I registered. I bought e-therapy before the internet was anything. And I wanted to do um, text mess or, uh, messaging therapy, right? And just had this crazy idea. At the time, I was, I was fixing cars and working on houses and had a tow truck. 
at night and I'm pitched this idea. It's like, so great. And he brought me to some venture capitalists and I had no reason to be in that room. And of course it didn't end up to be anything, but we're on our way down. And he says to me, uh, Dean, what do you think your biggest strength is? And I think I told him, you know, I'm relentless. I never give up. Like, what do you think your biggest weakness is? And I said, um, and it was my dad's words. I said, I'm too nice to people. I let a lot of people take advantage of me and you know, I don't sign contracts and I, I take people for their word and handshakes. He's like, Oh, so you think that's your biggest weakness? I said, yeah, probably. He goes, that's funny. You're in this car right now. You're 20 something. You work on cars. I'm bringing you to a venture capitalist fund that manage, you know, half a billion dollars. I'm putting my reputation on the line for you. Do you know why I'm bringing you down here? Because you're one of the most trusting, outgoing, great people ever. And he said, you deserve this. And he said, I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to look back in life. And for being this way, you're going to get taken advantage of. And that's going to be the size of a cup. And he said, but for all the great people you meet in your life and all the business you do for being this kind of person, it'll be the size of a mountain. And I didn't believe him. And he was right. I look back in life, I've got taken advantage of for millions of dollars. And I've generated hundreds of millions of dollars with partners that I love and they're my dearest friends in the world because we trust each other. So that was, uh, that's something I never shared. Wow. All right, cool. So, you know, on that topic, let's transition a little here to proximity because it seems like, you know, even into your 20s, you've been in proximity of individuals that will help you level up, right? You know, you talk about Mm -hmm. Tony now, you talk about having mentors and things of that nature. You just shared with us that awesome story. One question I always get asked, and oftentimes I really don't know how to answer this for every single person that asks me, you know, they want to be surrounded by people will help, you know, that will help them level up, whether that's in masterminds, whether that's in mentors. So what would you suggest for individuals to find that group, right? To, to help them come up in life. There has been, I mean, Tony Robbins and I own mastermind.com. We launched a course teaching people how to teach masterminds and group trainings. So this isn't a, a kind of like, this isn't a secret that could work. There, there's zero doubt in my life when Tony and I get together, or my buddy Brendan Richard, or any successful person, I know, nothing has moved the needle in our lives than being in groups or masterminds or workshops with like-minded people, with someone that, with people that know more than us or as much as us. The collective wisdom of a group, the collective wisdom of an online group makes, what's that old saying? The tide rises all boats, right? Yes, sir. And it, different. I want you guys to think about this, like find a group, stay obsessed with Matt's podcast, find people that are similar to you because here's the byproduct. No, but most people don't see when it comes to masterminds. The byproduct most people don't see is that masterminds do more than just give you capabilities and tactics. They allow you to realize that you're normal, that most people that are saying you can't, that we spend most of our time with are wrong. I mean, they don't make statues of critics. That's a true story. But when you're in a mastermind, you get to express yourself and share your biggest opportunities and how you can solve that problem or share your biggest obstacles and how to overcome it. And the collective, uh, the collectiveness of the group not only helps you solve the problem, you make, yourself, you make yourself realize, I can do this. You don't feel abnormal. Entrepreneurs and people with success minds or a success mindset oftentimes feel alone. Because they feel like an underdog. They feel like they're different than anybody in their family. They feel like they're different from their parents and their friends. And the conversation their friends are having, they're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about this. But when you get around a like-minded group, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not just normal. I have the opportunity to be above normal. So yeah, there's nothing that's moved the needle in my life more than being part of groups and masterminds. 
So Dean, here's the thing though. People oftentimes want to be in proximity or mentored by or in masterminds with people that have, and I'm going to use this term because this is just the truth, have a blue check mark next to their name and things of that nature. Like I would say that's ego, but what would you say to someone that is listening right now and has that type of mindset? Is learn from people that are doing what you want to do at the highest level possible and they have the depth and the breadth, the experience behind it. If I did a mastermind on how to, you know, um, build a processing company or did a mastermind on how to be an IT programmer, I would, it'd be the worst thing in the, in the history of the world. If I did a business on how to, if I did a mastermind on how to run and create standing operating procedures and measure your KPIs and how to be an operations manager, I would absolutely do each and every person a disservice, even though I have a blue check mark next to my name, but I've never done those things. But if you want to learn how to run masterminds, if you want to learn how to take disadvantages in your life, of your life, in your life, you want to learn how to adjust habits in your life. You want to, I've done real estate for 30 years. You want to learn how to do real estate. You'd want to learn from me. You want to learn how to do a podcast. You learn from that. So the only thing is don't get fooled by the fancy cars and the blue check mark. Just do some research. If someone's going to show you how to make money on Instagram, just make sure that that's their real business. They're not just in the business of showing people how to do the business. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And that's exactly what people need to hear, including myself, because I feel like, you know, we could all get caught up in that every now and then. And, you know, I, I appreciate your transparency on that. And to that point, Dean, I've been asking you a ton of questions. You have amazing answers for all of them. But I have to ask you, what's a question you wish more people would ask you? And how would you answer it? Oh, really good. Um, I would say really good question, because most everybody, the biggest question I get is the same one I wanted to ask Richard Branson when I met him. It's like, what was it? Like, I think we're, and I'm going to answer your question a little differently, but I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes on the right question. And the question to figure out how to be successful is never one answer. And everybody asks me that. And I'm always like, wow, I really believe people think there's this magic thing. Like if nobody's looking, I can say, hey, come here, Matt, let me tell you, it's actually this. There is no this. And so I would say what, like a question is what kept you driven, right? That's the kind of question I like people to ask me is what kept you driven? How did you overcome obstacles? Because each one of those components is what made the whole. When, you, when I get the chance to speak to Richard Branson, I can't say, what made you a billionaire? That's what everybody asks him. I watched 20 people ask him that question. And he's like dumbfounded because there's no one answer. But I, was, I got to sail with him on his little uh, um, sailboat around the island because we both happened to get up early. It was luck that I had the chance to do that with him. But he said, you know, I asked him, I'm like, what kept you driven? And he's like, really good question. And he just went on and shared with me how at first it was running away from pain and then wanting to take care of people. Then he saw he had momentum and now what keeps him driven is his charity Virgin Unite. He's like, I want to, I want to help change the world by the time he's going to give all his money away. So he found a way to be driven. And when you're driven, you find a way to be resourceful. And with resourcefulness, you find solutions. I love that. No, you're spot on here. Spot on. So if you know, you've been able to achieve a whole bunch over these 50 years of life. And I'm pretty sure, pretty confident you're going to continue to achieve massive results and what you want to achieve. So if you could only be remembered for one thing, what would you want that one thing to be? Someone obsessed with giving people 
tools and capabilities to tap into their own full potential. Right. And being I love good, that. And being a good dad and husband. Yeah. Legacy goals, man. I love that. So Dean, last question for you. If someone came up to you right now as you're hopping in an Uber or hopping on a plane, doing something where you're just crunched for time, if they came up to you in that moment, seeking a piece of advice for them to be able to treat, to achieve their own definition of success, what would you tell them? I would tell them to change the story on why they think they can't achieve it. As simple as that sounds, we've all heard it. Everybody listening right now has probably heard this before. But when I meet people that are struggling, I say, well, tell me why it's not working. Oh, you know, I, and there's your story. If I was sitting with you right now and I said, tell me why it's not working. The story is the thing holding you back, not the circumstances you believe. And I know you know that. I know you've heard it, Matt. You've heard that a million times. But man, at this phase of my life, I realize it's always the story we tell ourselves that allow us to achieve the success or keep us stuck. So find proof that the story you're telling yourself is wrong. Change the story, change your life. I love it. I love it. Dean, first and foremost, man, I want to make sure that I express my gratitude one more time for you. I appreciate all of the knowledge, the wisdom, the insights, the experiences that you've shared with us here today. So I want to make sure that that thank you gets across. Now, the book. Yeah, first week of December. I'm so excited. We're going to, I think it's going to hit really strong. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to get it. And of course, it'll be available on Amazon. And we also set up a special page at deansbook.com, deansbook.com. And there we paid for the book. We asked people to cover the shipping and handling. I think it's like eight bucks for the shipping and handling. We send you out the hardcover. So either one's cool. Amazon, I think it's at 19 bucks. But uh, either way is cool with me. I just want you to get this book in your hands and see that uh, your disadvantages are actually your superpowers. I love that. Now, everyone knows where to get you on social. If they don't, I'm going to make sure your, you know, your handles and things of that nature are in the show notes of this episode. But what else do you have going on? Any special projects you want to make people aware of? Yeah, uh, look out in February. Tony Robbins and I are going to do a live launch of the Knowledge Broker Blueprint 2.0, February 27th. That, I'm so excited about that. Last year when we did it, or the last live, we had over 200,000 people show up and we started a movement. So, I would definitely say be on the lookout everywhere for that. Um, my podcast that I've been uh, working on just kind of part-time is growing really fast. So you can find my podcast and lots of fun stuff. Follow me on social and, and uh, it's a pleasure meeting you all. I love it. Thank you again, Dean. I truly do appreciate it. All right, man. See ya. And there it is. Wow. What an amazing episode with Dean Graciosi himself. Now, as always, I am going to ask and request of you to make sure you let Dean know you heard him here on Decoding Success by reaching out to him on social, tweet him, follow him on the gram, shoot him a DM, hit him on LinkedIn, all of those amazing places you will be able to reach him. It's honestly an incredible opportunity that I would definitely highly suggest you take up. To that point, I also highly suggest you take him up on his brand new book, which is officially out today. Obviously, we recorded this episode a little bit in advance just because of the holidays and things of that nature, but you could officially get it today. You could find it in the show notes of this episode, or if you choose to get it on Amazon, you could most definitely do that as well. But as Dean mentioned, he will pay for the book. All you got to do is pay for shipping by going to the link in the show notes of this episode. Make sure to check out his podcast, all of that amazing stuff. And as always, very briefly, I want to break down a few points here that really 
really hit home for me. And of course, there's way more than just three, but I want to respect your time here and not go too much longer. So the first one, number one, is create financial abundance. And the way Dean framed that was around the topic of the way you think of oxygen, right? Right now, I'm recording this in a studio, in a booth, and I'm not thinking about, wow, is there enough oxygen in here for me to breathe? In fact, you're probably going to hear me take a deep breath at some point because I'm talking so damn quick. But you get what I'm saying, right? It's just something that we need to adopt that mindset, the oxygen mindset to different parts of our life, just like finance, just like love, just like XYZ, all of that stuff. So I wanted to point that out because that really hit home for me. Number two, know the difference between where do you want to be versus who do you want to be? And as Dean mentioned, he highly suggests the who do you want to be over the where do you want to be? And I do too. After hearing about Dean talk about it like that, I realized how often I want to always picture where I want to be. I want to be in a penthouse office on, you know, Madison Avenue in New York City. I want to be traveling to, no, like, think about who you want to be. Do you want to be the number one nurse in the world? Do you want to be the, you know, the doctor that saves the most lives, the physical therapist that totally changes the outcome of someone's trajectory after an injury? Like, who do you want to be? And it could be anyone. You could be anyone you want. You could be anyone you put your mind to. So that's point number two. And point number three is understanding when it comes to having underdog tendencies. And we mentioned them as disadvantages in ways, but they're really not disadvantages unless you look at them from a societal perspective but when you look at those underdog qualities those underdog elements is what I want to call them understanding that they are part of your path for a reason is huge they are absolutely huge. In fact, I'm actually not going to get too deep on this, but I want to talk about how understanding what is divinely right for you, what is divinely right for everyone that's tuned in right now will happen no matter what. So when you understand that, when you get the concept and you realize that being that your parents are divorced at a young age, being that you move 20 plus times, being that you might have a negative balance in your freaking checking account, that is meant to happen for a reason. And the whole purpose of Dean's book, the whole purpose of this episode, the whole purpose of Dean diving in on those topics right here through the questions we asked is to understand that those moments in life are to be used as your fuel, to be used as a perk in a way. It is an advantage more than a disadvantage if you could switch your mindset and flip that switch. And that's exactly why I highly suggest you picking up Dean's book because he's going to tell you how to do just that. I've read the book. I could even read it one more time if I wanted to because that's how damn good it is. And listen, I get zero dollars. I get nothing for promoting that. It's just an amazing resource from an amazing individual that I highly suggest you taking and you know you taking advantage of. So to that point, I want to give a huge shout out to Dean. Make sure you are tuning into his podcast, grabbing his book, checking him out on social, an overall amazing individual. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you really taking me up on all of that stuff. Lastly, I already requested that you leave a rating and review. If you haven't done so, listen, this episode proves as to why you should. This 
information, this education, the resources that, oh man, it's phenomenal. I'm not saying that because it's our show. I can't tell you how much I learned from this conversation. If I could leave my own rating and review, trust me, I would. It is that freaking good. So I highly recommend and would love for you to be able to do that. It would mean the absolute world to us. And lastly, I want to give a huge shout out to our partners who help make these episodes happen. Gen M, helping businesses grow. If, like I mentioned, Dean's you know business acumen, his resume speaks for itself. If you want to get to that level, you need a team and Gen M can help you get a team for an effective and affordable way by the way, it's phenomenal. I'm using it here at 1B Branding. So I want to give them a huge shout out. And lastly, Audible. You could check out Dean's books on Audible or anyone else's books on Audible. It's phenomenal. You can grab yourself a free trial of Audible, 30 days, a totally complimentary book. All the show notes have the links. So make sure you head over there. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.